Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing today? I'm doing very well, and you seem to be very expressive, expressive. On, on, on your little video link today. Yeah, like your head's going all over the place. It's like your um, Elton John playing <laughs> one of his celebrated hits. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I'm so animated. I, uh, I'm just, just excited to talk to you, Pete. And the coffee, yes. The power of yes. caffeine strikes again. How are you doing? What are you up to this week, Pete? Good, good. Um, yeah, just just getting over um, the idea that I'm going to have to move house soon and oh. also try and like get another um, driving test and also launch a couple of new podcasts <laughs> very soon. Oh, yeah, so I'm a little more. bit concerned. That, more podcasts. Uh, that more podcasts is what the world needs, isn't it? More podcasts. More white men releasing more podcasts. <laughs> You're well placed. You're well placed to fit that bill, Pete. Good luck with yeah, that. What you got lined you. up? Anything, anything you can tell us about? Uh, yeah, know. we've got a show called. Uh, you'll, you'll probably hear a, a trailer at some point on this uh, channel in the ad break. Uh, a show about a show, a, a, a three part little sort of mini documentary about uh, a man who I knew who died uh, oh, wow. about four or five years ago. Um, front of house manager at the Grouch Show, well connected, well loved by uh, Tinseltown, the celebrity world. Uh, and yeah, he, he sadly died oh, uh, wow. not that long ago. And he died under a bit of a cloud. Um, so we thought let's let's get a grown up to um, <laughs> write a write a podcast about it, and uh, yeah, we'll be releasing it uh, right now. Should be out now. So have a listen if you want to. You've you've launched quite a diverse range of podcasts over the years, like football, Japan, mm. wrestling. You and your friend Luke talking about <laughs> stuff. I feel yeah. like I should be releasing more podcasts. I can I just release a podcast yeah. just doing a silly like posh British voice and just make a character up. Like <laughs> my name is David. Penworth, and I'm going to ramble about things that I just random things really. Just do that. Can I just do that? Every I think week I think podcast? he'd go quite well with um, with some of the other people in the Japanese <laughs> vlogosphere, whatever you call it. I, well, <laughs> I think get Natsuki. Get don't, well, Natsuki or or who, who else work. has got a, a deep British voice? I think that kind of works for me. Get Ryota, <laughs> get Ryota, and his yes. sort of 
London accent gone wrong voice to device uh, <laughs> yeah. Is there? It kind of the way he speaks is it's like someone from London. It's yawning. It over the head it's a yawning a kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a thing. It's a yawning kind of talk. Yawning. I forgot. I actually forgot to uh, name the actual podcast if you want to go and listen ah. to it. Uh, it's uh, Bernie who killed the Prince of Soho. That's Bernie who killed the Prince of Soho. Uh, it's been a long time coming, and uh, yeah, happy to tick that one off and get out there. Nice one. <laughs> so have a listen. Nice one. <laughs> While you've been producing podcasts, I've been working on a new video, 12 Reasons Not to Live in Japan, a video that's probably oh, going to cause all sorts of problems. Nancy Negative, back again. <laughs> <laughs> Upsetting everyone who wants to move to Japan. Upsetting all of the, the waifu pillow. Um, <laughs> Kotaku. Otaku, rather. It's a, I don't know if it's a good move, to be honest, but, you know, I... I think there are legitimate reasons not to move to Japan. It's not necessarily just about the culture. It's about people and their personalities. You know, I don't think mm. a lot of my friends, I don't think they would fit in here or they wouldn't enjoy living here. So it's not a full force frontal attack on Japanese culture. And But, no. but of course, I am worried that some people might get offended like whenever you say anything critical about japan you always get the knee-jerk reaction of if you don't like it why are you there if you don't like it you can go home it's like fuck off it's okay to have a bit of giving you a dose of reality i'm just giving you a dose of realism Mm. uh, because people have obviously it's a very romantic country and people have very romantic ideas (laughs) about it us included um and i think that um yeah i I think people knowing what they're walking into is 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 very very important um, especially at a time where people will have been waiting the best part of a year and a half to uh, actually enter and one day they might be able to get in well yeah I, i there are a lot of people that um that had jobs lined up here and uh, unfortunately they've had to sort of postpone them. I don't think the jet mm. program's happening at the moment. Yeah, it, it must really suck for so many people that wanted to get here and have been sort of held at arm's length by the Japanese government. But yeah. I don't know. I, I'm thinking of doing like a podcast version of that video though and maybe we could do it like mm. next week because I could sort of cut it down and give certain extra opinions on the podcast that I might not necessarily talk about on the video. I find I'm more open on the podcast than I am in my videos because I don't don't know why it is. Why is that, Pete? Maybe it's because you get it out of me. You're able to... Well, <laughs> my my unprofessionalism uh, clearly bleeds into you. You sort of like, oh, so, no one's no one cares what I say on this. But yeah, Definitely. it is. I think I think video is so it's not as uh, intimate. You would say it's not as immediate as well. You know, mm. we could we could put this That's podcast true. out like a second after we finished if we really wanted to. We could broadcast it live. But I mean, That's you right. know, video obviously takes a long time, and you curate and you script and you um, make sure that all the that the eyes are dotted and the t's are crossed and. Uh, yeah, it's probably that 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 reason, and mm. and again, just my unprofessionalism giving you carte blanche to to be unprofessional too. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably be it. I think it's the whole idea that a video can be shared easily, it can be commented on. It's easy yeah. to sort of see the criticism of your remarks, whereas on a podcast, yes. Well, to be fair, you guys do send in a lot of messages to Born Japan Podcast at Gmail dot com, so it's not as if we don't <laughs> look at them. But um, yeah, mm. I think we'll do that. I think we'll uh, release a episode to go with the podcast on that in the route to journey across japan because that's coming out as well uh that's a, another announcement journey across japan is coming out on the 5th of june which is a saturday hey. i believe um and we beautiful got, we've got the trailer coming out next sunday uh the 30th as well guys so keep an eye out for that the trailer is pretty fun pretty action-packed and mm. uh, i think the series is gonna be really great so keep an eye out for that we've got a story from Anne. uh Anne is from yokohama says, hello, Chris and Pete. I'm a Belgian living in Japan since last October, but the story I want to tell you is from November 2019 when I first travelled to the country. At the time, 
I knew only really basic Japanese. I couldn't read anything and only understood some words I'd heard in anime. I was in a game center in the really cool city of Kawasaki, and I was minding my own business when a child approached me. He was probably under six or eight years old and started to speak to me. I panicked, but fortunately, I understood the key words. Onesan, isshoni taiko. I want you play with me. Uh, first, I was surprised by a stranger calling me his sister. Uh, but then I got it. He wanted to play Taiko no Tatsujin, the uh, Taiko drumming game. There's a lot of fun, admittedly. I just replied, <laughs> okay, because I love the game. And I paid 200 yen to start playing Taiko with him. It's, an, it's that's, that's the real reason, isn't it? Get the game paid for by a foreigner. As soon as we started, I noticed he was really good. And well, I was really bad. We then finished playing and he thanked me and started to leave. A woman then ran into the game centre and said to me in English, thanks for having played with my son. Can I offer you something? Drug. <laughs> it turned out the child I played with was her son, and he escaped from the shop in front of the game centre ten minutes earlier. Strangely, she didn't seem stressed at all. Maybe this child escapes every week to play with random strangers. <laughs> she insisted on offering me a free meal in her curry restaurant. Of course, since it was free food, I immediately accepted, and it was delicious. I now go. I now go to her restaurant every single Friday, but I can't help but think it might have been a strategy to promote her restaurant. Thank you for the podcast, guys. I'm currently binge listening to each episode when I'm working out and cooking, and it's a pleasure to hear your voices. Anaid from Yokohama. What a story, a heartwarming tale there. One of the more recent stories have been kind of sad or depressing or painful, but this is a, a nice little upbeat story. What do you think, Pete? What do you make of it all? Yeah, very heartwarming and and and, and stomach warming as well with stomach all that curry. Sounds, sounds, sounds delicious. I just, oh god, I could go for a lovely Japanese curry right now. Delicious, but yeah, imagine if it was just a a marketing campaign <laughs> getting people in. And 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 you know, look, she's got repeat business there. She's there every Friday night, so she's got a, got got a customer for life there. Incredible. Some uh, some rather dangerous child labour laws kicking in here. I think there's uh, a debate to be had, but it's genius, me. That's, I I don't want kids, but when I hear a story like that, I think, yeah, maybe they, maybe I could profit from it. Maybe I could send them into game centres. To... This is how they, this is it's how Fagin from uh, Oliver started. <laughs> I love Fagin. I love that. I love. I love Fagin's a great character. I was always. I found him very endearing the way he looked after the kids. Although in later life, I realised he was exploiting them. That's a story for another day. We've got a story this and week. Pretty uh, anti-Semitic from memory as well. <laughs> yes, there's some rather sketchy. But you don't uh, notice those things when you're a kid. I, I'm told Oliver the Musical, the 1960s classic. Ours is, ours is, mm. That's a good film. Great film. Although when Oliver Reed beats the, the like kills Nancy, Nancy with a stick, that was, that's, that traumatised me as a kid. That was horrendous. Well, it, it traumatised me further because my dad looks rather like Oliver Reed and drinks <laughs> oh like God. him. <laughs> so Bill it's Sykes. even more worrying. Bill Sykes, yeah, Bill Sykes. Sykes. Yeah, there's, when I was... I was obsessed with my, my friend uh, used to sing around this ch- shared student house um, songs from I'll do any, you know, I'll do anything, yeah, yeah, almost yeah. anything. I'll do anything, anything for you. Uh, and one of the lines is um, he sh- used to shout, will you pay my bills? Anything. <laughs> and it w- and that wasn't actually the lyric from the song, but it was always in my head. Will you pay my bills? Anything. It was actually, will you fight my bill? Anything. Cause you wanted her husband beaten up. Bill Sykes and I was interviewing the lead singer of um, Suede Brett Anderson at uh, once in a church oh, wow. and uh, we were talking about favourite musicals and he said yeah I really like the film uh, Oliver I said alright oh, cool and then at the end I turned at the camera and went 
uh, you know, Suede <laughs> coming at you too with a new single. Uh, they'll pay your bills. And he looked at me as if to go, what? <laughs> because it didn't make any sense. It wasn't the lyric. <laughs> they'll pay your bills. What? I didn't say that. <laughs> That's the best tangent we've ever been on. Terrible. I, Terrible. I, Suede were one of my favourite bands, so the fact you did that to, in front of Brown, that's amazing. <laughs> Fantastic there. I wish we could talk about Oliver all day. I, I need to rewatch that film. That, that was that was quite a film. But yeah, no, watching Bill Sykes kill his girlfriend. It's just a really graphic scene where her like, legs are sticking out from behind a wall, just twitching. And as a child-friendly right. film, it's like, is that, is that appropriate? But It's a bit much. It's a it? bit much. It's a bit much. But what is a bit much is Kapazushi are now allowing you to rent out an entire conveyor belt for dinner at your home. You can take the conveyor belt sushi miracle to your own doorstep. And you're the one that told me about this, Pete, so I'm going to let you mm. explain what it is. <laughs> well, it's as simple as this. There's a there's a fairly popular, I'm, I'm reading that it's fairly popular, uh, restaurant chain that... Um, Obviously, um, restaurants are closing down left, right, and centre uh, due to um, lack of use and also just um, you know the, the whole um, Tokyo sort of um, lockdown uh, in the major cities in, in Japan. And uh, yeah, they they produce these kind of like um, conveyor belts, like mini conveyor mm. belts, the sort you'd see in a in a conveyor belt sushi shop. Um, and they're renting them out to people, so you can have like in your own home a sort of meter wide, um, half meter uh, um, sort of length. Uh, you have your very own sushi uh, kind of conveyor belt to rotate your sushi. I don't know why. I don't know why they've thought this is a good idea. This conveyor belt is just bigger than a table. Um, I realise people are missing the restaurants, but I just don't think the lure of the conveyor belt is is big enough, really. I don't care how I get my sushi. Just get it in my mouth. <laughs> I don't know. I think it is pretty cool. What I'm surprised about is the cost. It's only 3,000 yen to get the conveyor belt conveyor belt for two days or one night so you can have like a proper full-on party for three thousand yen which is about thirty dollars that's a steal that's really quite good although there are like a list of rules that come with it um and for those of you who don't know kappa zushi is it's it is the most popular kaiten zushi conveyor belt sushi brand in japan i think and uh certainly the cheapest i used to uh in, in my a lot of my early videos i used to go to uh like sushi restaurants and make fun mm. of the weird English translations. Like one of the mm. dishes was like a fish, uh, some sushi, and it just had an English, the last bonito concrete floor. And like nobody had ever like checked <laughs> the English on these like weird yeah. translations. They just sort of done it through Google and just stuck it on the, um, the little screen that you use to order the sushi. Mm. But I used to go after work and, it, you know, it's cheap. It's all right. It's fun. But once you've had proper sushi, which I didn't really have until two or three years living in Japan, once you've had a good yeah. sushi, like conveyor belt sushi, just, it just tastes like, well, let's just say it's not very good. Trash. Yeah, trash. It isn't good. It isn't <laughs> Absolute good. trash. It isn't good. But they've got some oh, rules. No. Uh, be careful not to get the belt wet with water. Refrain from using it for purposes other than its intended purpose. I mean, what else could you use a tiny conveyor belt for, Pete? What would you use it for? I mean, you could. I mean, you could kind of like um, sit on it and rotate yourself slowly, like a chicken in an oven or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's, there's very, yeah, there's very few kind of um, like uses for a, for a little conveyor belt that just goes around very slowly, serving up raw fish. You could like, if you're proposing to someone, you could put like a wedding ring on one side, watch it go round, and then <laughs> will you marry me? I think that could be. I just put a train, just put like a broken electric train on there, and have a, 
like a really crap trendset. <laughs> I, I, I approve that idea. But uh, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's a cool idea. And uh, the they did. A, I remember we talked about this a year ago. They had like a another conveyor belt rental service where I think you can get like a bigger one, like a proper one. But that was like eight hundred dollars. Mm. So this Jeez is amazing. Oh. Thirty dollars. Get your little conveyor belt for two days and have a little sushi party at your house. I approve of this. I approve this message. Um, we got Bonito. we got a story this week as Bonito well. Concrete. <laughs> we got a story this week uh, of a Japanese man puzzled when one thousand four hundred yen from sorry one thousand four hundred dollars Jesus from the U.S. government arrived in his mail. A seventy-nine year old man Ooh. in Kamakura, just outside of Tokyo, received an official look official looking piece of mail printed in English in late April from the U.S. Department of the Treasury in which was 153,000 yen, $1,400. They were among the Japanese recipients of US stimulus checks to boost the economy during the pandemic, but they don't know why they got it. As far as the bank is concerned, if a person wants to cash a check and the person's identity is verified, we have to ask the US side to pay, said the Japanese bank. Um, Apparently, this guy worked in the US once in the 1970s, and for whatever reason... (laughs) That made him eligible to get a check, but he was perplexed by it. I don't think anyone knew why he got it, but the IRS just sent it to him, and he got $1,400 yeah. for nothing. <laughs> Lucky devil. Yeah. Well, he's, the thing that gets me is I don't think he's going to end up cashing it because he just can't be, he can't be bothered. <laughs> well, apparently they're, they're threatening people for cashing in a check uh, that they gave. that Some people are threatening him like not to cash it in. I think even right, okay. the US itself is like, yeah, don't cash it in now. You're not allowed. But what an awkward situation. Oh, interesting. You get $1,400 yeah. and you've got that sort of awkward, should I or should I not cash it in moment. What do you do, Pete? What do you do? <laughs> well, I've, I've got a check from my um, auntie, Auntie John. Auntie John, uh, who's lovely. Uh, she <laughs> sent me a check for my birthday and uh, it's just sat there. I'm not going to check. I'm not going to cash it. It's not going to make it to the next house. I know I won't. I just, it's just. Why, why aren't you going to check it? Just, why aren't you going to cash it in? Because I'll just, because I'll, I'll forget to do it and it'll go missing. I've also got a check from a water company from my last uh, property because uh, I because they owed me some cash back. And it's just like, oh, for crying out loud, checks, man. <laughs> Outdated. I remember when I, I t- yeah, I t- I t- do people still use checks? I mean, clearly, yes. But I, yeah, I did checks. It'll be, it'll feel probably quite quaint to people, uh, anyone under 40. But, uh, I, my first sort of couple of years in, um, in uh, London, I was absolutely skint because uh, it's very expensive to live here and I was on sod all money wise. And um, they, uh, I used to write a lot of dodgy checks because because with cash with um, your switch card or your electron or whatever your, your your credit card they're not going to let you take money out that you don't have but checks they can't check until the check goes to the bank so um, so yeah I was constantly getting into my overdraft by writing checks left right oh and centre writing writing out a check I remember writing there was a guy you know like um, in in bars in cities you get someone in in the in, a, in the toilet sort of um, selling your um, chewing yeah, gum yeah, and yeah. I don't know condoms and aftershave and stuff like that and they've all got their dirty rhymes about how to get the ladies and which after you have to use <laughs> and, I remember all too uh, and I, I was i was pissed and i was like i was only recently in london i'd never met a nigerian bloke before right. and so i was like just fucking talking his ear off pissed at like um about the the nigerian um uh, football team uh, from right, back right. In, the, in, in World Cup 94. Uh, um, uh, you know, Emmanuel Amanike and Daniel Amakachi and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. hey, mate, uh, I haven't got any cash <laughs> on me, but I'll write you a check. And I wrote him a check for 15, 
fifteen dollars, and I was just expecting him to again, like me, forget about it and not cash it, and he cashed it the very next day. So good on him. <laughs> but it did well, put me in the red for a very good long time. Him. That <laughs> giving him fifteen quid. I mean, you saw what you went. You went mad with power with your checkbook fee. <laughs> the yeah, checkbook no, massively, equated yeah. But to I wanted, I wanted to, sort of like to say that I appreciated. Yeah, I appreciated him talking to me about you know what Nigeria was like and what um what the uh, you know how good the welcome day was and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it's drunk. I think you should come to Japan with your checkbook and just dispense checks to the just random yes. people <laughs> on your trip. hundred people. Make it a challenge. Better than Jenny across Japan. <laughs> it's the sort of Definitely. thing YouTubers do these days, isn't it? Just throw money out left, right and centre. They do, yeah. That people seems to be a that. real kind of vogue. People just kind of just give money away half the time and it's a little bit problematic. <laughs> I think we should do it when you're next over. Mm. Let's take a quick break. We're back in the moment for the fax machine. Bernie Katz was fun, he was kind. When he walked in, the room just lit up. And there was something magical about this young man that just had a glint in his eye, that didn't give a shit about anything, but loved everything. My first impressions were of a huge, vibrant and outgoing personality, all hugs, grins, extravagant language and wild attire. Always in a leopard skin jacket, whirling around like a windmill. I know, it's a character. I don't know if those people exist anymore. They're sort of dying out. Everything's changed. It is a bank holiday weekend in London. The late summer of 2017. The streets around Kentish Town, just north of the city, and halfway towards Hampstead Heath, are unusually quiet. That evening, in a small, converted flat, just a 15-minute bus ride from King's Cross Station. Bernie Katz, pocket-sized and long-standing front-of-house manager of London's Show Club, is found dead by his landlord. I said to him, what happened? You know, and he said, we are not talking about it. And yes, there have been the rumours. We've all heard. I mean, what did I hear specifically? That he was murdered. His relationship with his father was so toxic. He hated the idea that his son was gay. His right. dad was a proper gangster. Bernie came down, there was a car far from. Guy blows his dad's head off. They were all part of the same fetid, seething, self-referential nest of vipers that I think the Groucho had become. Was Bernie depressive? I think yes. When alone, a condition he rarely sought, he had demons that flew about his head. I get a call from Bernie and he is in £20,000 worth of debt with the Albanian gangsters in Soho. We all collected and paid the debt. The way that the Albanians operate is very, very peculiar because they did not operate like any other mafia in Europe. I've never been able to establish exactly what happened and why, but whatever it was, it was so wrong. Bernie, who killed the Prince of Soho? Listen now. A Stack Production, available wherever you get your podcasts. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Donaldson? Uh, we have got an email from... Let me just uh, scroll down, because I was on the wrong bloody page, wasn't I? Oh, clever, aren't I? Kyle, hello, Kyle. Uh, my name is Kyle from upstate New York, US. I couldn't help but write this because you mentioned Tatsuro um, Yamashita uh, last week on your episode. Chris, I must thank you for introducing me to the fine world of city pop. You mentioned it a couple of years ago on that video with Charlotte, and I've been obsessed with Mr. Yamashita's music ever since. You had a video where you interviewed Hyde before, and I was wondering, have you ever considered an interviewing another Japanese? artist of a different genre, uh, perhaps Mr. Yamashita m- himself. As a big music nerd who is also learning Japanese, I'm interested to know how, how a musician uh, in Japan lives, considering the Japanese intense work culture and if it reflects in how they create. Much love from Oceans Away, Kyle in upstate New York, another lovely part of the world. Mm, I I do love Tatsuro Yamashita. He's one of the artists I listen to the most, Japanese artists. I have him mm. on the background. He's got some good uh, some albums like Come Along, for you and melodies are pretty good uh, albums to listen to. I, you know, I, I, I think I would actually like to interview him. I, I can't think of any other Japanese musicians I'd want to really interview because I don't know much about them, or whatever. But like Tatsuro Yamashita, I'd interview him, and I think he speaks English pretty well as well because he he often sings in English with a a pretty decent American accent. So like, yeah, I'd love to interview him. I don't think it's going to happen. And I, I don't really know. I, I don't know. I, I, they say don't meet your idols, right? I think it would just be a bit weird. In the same way that I don't actually, 
I don't know if I actually do want to meet Ken, Ken Watanabe. I've joked Ken about Watanabe. it for eight years, but do I actually, Pete? He's, he's, I think anyone who's been at the top of his game uh, for that length of time, um, they are going to exist in some kind of bubble and they will probably <laughs> be quite strange. <laughs> I think that's probably true. For, coming from you, you've been you've interviewed like <laughs> every celebrity under the sun. Um, like, mm. did you often did you ever meet a celebrity and interview them, and then you found they were very different to how you imagined they would be? Yeah, um, who's the guy who was in the Social Network? You know, like um, oh, um, that guy. Yeah, the guy that plays Mark Zuckerberg, right? Whoever that. Yes, the guy who plays Mark Zuckerberg. Jesse Eisenberg. I, um, Jesse Eisenberg. I, I, I sort of had him pegged because I've seen him in interviews before. He's very confident and stuff, um, and 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 forthright. And and when I interviewed him, he was just this very sort of nervous, slightly th- very thoughtful mm. uh, kind of like kind of. I guess he's, he's from New York or something, but he's just very sort of like thoughtful young man and, and kind of very conscientious and, 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 and lovely with it. But I was just, I was just struck as how his confidence, you know, the confidence of actually being in front of a camera and, and, and being yeah. the star of the show, um, kind of when it comes down to, um, you know, a 20 minute interview, he's very thoughtful and, 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 and kind of quite ponderous in his deliveries of the answers and stuff and quite nervous. And he talks himself into corners and I was like, wow, that's what I do. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> and I talk myself into corners. But yeah, I was, I was really surprised actually. Yeah, I, I really sounds had, like, had a lot of time for him. Sounds like you um, brought out the best in Jesse Eisenberg. I've seen, <laughs> I, there's a interview I watched not too long ago, like a compilation of awkward interviews. I went down the rabbit hole, inevitably, of clicking on mm. stupid videos on YouTube. But he's there's a video of him having a really kind of uncomfortable, awkward interview with um, uh, this girl that's presenting. Oh, it's a young woman, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't I, come I across the best, does watched, he? No, no. Maybe you watched that in the run-up to your interview with him. Like, did you ever, before interviewing someone like that, did you actually go and look them up and see how they appear in other interviews and get a kind of a, a sense for what they would be like? Yeah, I think so. And and but then you know pe- people's behaviours are always going to be variable, and and, and also uh, perhaps more importantly, perhaps more pertinently, um, you're in a situation where like. Um, like a lot of interviewers are, if they're not dickheads, the questions that are asking are dickheads, yeah, dickheadish, yeah. if you know what I mean. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of junket stuff where they're just, you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing stunts and they're trying to be funny and they're never funny. And it's just like, mm. Oh my God. And you sit in these kind of like holding pens in, whatever unlovable Soho hotel they've, they've got the talent in that week. And yeah. you all sit around and everyone comes out of their interview going, oh, that was great. Oh, we got on like house on fire. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And they think it's all about them. Uh, whereas I'm just like, I fucking hate this. Five <laughs> minutes, ask your questions and get out. You know, it's as simple as that really. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's it, 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 it's it's good for your Instagram reel to get, you know, a video or a picture um, with, with, a, with a famous person, but um, it's not satisfying. The, the famous people hate doing them. Well, you can <laughs> tell like in a lot of interviews. He's right. <laughs> I uh, well, because they get the same questions over and over. Why were you drawn to the character? Yeah. Really, they want to go. Yeah, I thought it looked fun, and the money was good. It was twenty million quid, <laughs> wasn't it? Well, of course, <laughs> I'm going to do it. But they're yeah. like, oh, the director was amazing, and he told me to smile more when he did the scene. And it's just really boring watching those sort of press interviews. I did see uh, one interview with Bruce Willis where he was on the One Show. And he just did not mm. want to be there. Uh, this BBC one like big TV show in the evening, right in the UK, and they're just into like, oh, you're so good in Die Hard Ten or whichever one it was. It was the latest rubbish one. And Bruce Willis is like, oh yeah, thank you. And he just looks dead inside, and he definitely didn't want to yeah. be there. 
And uh, yeah. for me, that I mean, that you don't get up. to ask ask them very interesting questions because you, you've got to be as broad as you possibly can. You've got to ask about you know your three questions, and, and they've got their um, answers prepared. It made me laugh when I did the Anchorman Two uh, junket. So I got to, you know interview the Rudds and the and the uh, and the Will Ferrells and stuff. But but I also got to interview Christina Applegate, and she had her own list of who she was getting interviewed by. Huh. Uh, something I'd never seen before. It's like so obviously there's they have PRs and they have um you know people from the from the um, movie company who organise everyone's um right. everyone's day and, and put the orders in. But um yeah Christina Applegate had her own kind of little little list and she was who are you who are you again, Peter? Okay, right, I just I'm just trying to figure out how many I've got today God. before I can go home. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> Did have like a little, very efficient. A little footnote like under Pete Donaldson, ruthless man from Hartlepool, <laughs> yeah, city in exactly. North UK. <laughs> Asks big questions. <laughs> the big questions. Oh man, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Um, we've got a story here. A question rather from Tans from Mumbai, India. He says, "Hello, Chris and Pete." Hope you're all having a great day and doing well. We are indeed, Tans. Thank you. My name's Tans. I'm from Mumbai, and I love the content. It made me decide that one day I want to move to Japan. But just like all grandiose dreams, this wish of mine is also slowly coming to an end. Oh, no. God, I suppose my video is not going to help, and that comes out. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, 12 reasons not to move to Japan. The more I research about Japan, the more I'm put off, sadly. The apartment sizes, the work culture, the difficulty in finding friends, difficulty in forming relationships, the never-ending formalities, etc. It continues to scare me. I'm still quite young right now, and uh, I have quite a few years before I end up uh, moving to Japan. I'm torn between the convenience of moving to the US and my passion and my love for Japan. My ultimate question for you, Chris, is do you find a big difference in your lifestyle in Japan compared to the UK in terms of convenience? Um, thank you very much. Keep up the brilliant content. That's a really interesting question. And to be fair, the video that I'm bringing out answers that in a lot of detail. But in a nutshell, obviously doing things in Japan is more difficult. And that's the first point in my video. It's talking about how mm. moving to Japan, you have to sort of throw your independence in the bin because all of a sudden you have to ask people for help every single day, for, often for your first year, first two years. It is difficult to make friends in Japan. There's no two ways about it. It is difficult. Um, it can be difficult to form relationships. But despite all those things, uh, the conclusion in my video is that it was still worth it. You know, I could make a 12 reasons not to move to Japan video, but I could make 50 reasons to move to Japan, on the other hand. And hmm. you know, I've never regretted moving here. I've learned a lot from doing it. And it's been a lot of fun, but uh, for sure, there comes a point I find for a lot of people around four or five years, even a decade, where they sort of have this moment where they really fall out of love with Japan, I think, because they've spent all that time here, but they're still kind of mm. seen as an outsider. You're still told, oh, well done, you can hold chopsticks, or oh, Nihongo Jozo, you can speak Japanese. You've been here this long, you've tried to integrate, and you're still an outsider, and I think that's a problem for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, that's something I talk about in the video. Mm. Um, any thoughts, Pete? I know you haven't lived here, but you've been yeah. here a lot. <laughs> I think I think um I think a lot of what um what Tans is is describing it may just be a little bit of anxiety about living anywhere I would argue you know like if you're living anywhere apart from yeah, um, yeah. Mumbai which is obviously I mean the, the culture shock going from Mumbai to any US city would be would be a big one I imagine um certainly have a bit more space I suppose <laughs> to run around in Absolutely. but um but yeah like I think um I think uh, I, th I think uh, my message to anyone who uh, is of uh, Tan's age, who I presume is quite quite young, um, 
give it give it a go. Mm. Like, there's nothing to stop you coming back, is there? There's nothing to stop you coming back. You don't have to um, put all your eggs in, in that particular adventure. Just sort of go, well, I'll hang out here for a few months, see what it's like, and then come back if it doesn't work out. You're young. You've got time. Young, you probably don't have as many responsibilities mm. as as other people. So, yeah, give it. Have a have a go. I think, have a go. Yeah, I think that's the best the best sort of message to end it on. If you don't go, you, you you'll regret it for the rest of your life, right? Mm. Go. If it turns out great, fantastic. If it doesn't work out great, you can always come back after a year or two. So, mm. but otherwise, you'll live a life of regret, and that's just, that's a thing we always comes up. Something that I always talk about. Mm. Live a life of anti regret. Um, I'll write a book one day. Anti regret. That's, that's a coin. I think she sent me a check. Phrase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a message from uh, Karen in Toronto. Hello, Karen. Um, Hello, gents. I'm stuck in perpetual lockdown in Toronto, and I'm using my time uh, to plan my first trip to Japan next spring. I'll be a solo female traveller in my 30s, but as I've developed what can only be described as resting murderer face <laughs> from using public transit, I'm not too worried about my safety. Good on you, Karen. Uh, however, there are some things uh, that I'm hoping to do that might be better with company, like watching a New Japan wrestling match or generally safe with other people like hiking through Fushiminari at night uh, my question is uh, do you have any suggestion on how to meet like-minded travellers while I'm in the country or in advance I'm a little bit too old for the hostel experience but aside from that I'm game apps, websites Tokyo Craigslist uh, also um, Pete when you're finally back in Japan you should see if Chris can use his trash taste connections to get you an interview with the legend that is Lady Beard uh, the Abron Japan mm. Wrestle Me crossover podcast oh, that will yeah. have at least one listener is Lady Beard a listener uh, sorry not Lady but Lady Beard he's the <laughs> who dresses up as a ladybird. Lady Beard, he's the one who sort of dresses up as a kind of schoolgirl, isn't it? He's got a big beard. Yeah, he's Is that did, right? Um, is that Lady Beard? Yeah, that is. And he did a, a collaboration with mm. Baby Metal, I think. And um, yeah, he's yes. quite well known okay. in Japan, actually. He's done a, an Aussie bloke, isn't he? Yeah. That's right, yeah. And um, mm. we've, I think we've only spoken once on Twitter, but he seems like a really cool bloke, and I've heard nothing but mm. good things about him. But yeah, I think you, you two would go on like a house on fire, judging by what I know of both <laughs> of you. I think that'd be a match made in heaven. Get him on the podcast. I think I'd, I'd like to dress up like Lady Beard, <laughs> grow my beard out. It'll be you <laughs> dancing with Baby Metal one day, Pete. I, uh, <laughs> that's a. That's a dreadful thought to end the show on. A dreadful image in my mind. But um, <laughs> I, like, honestly, meeting friends here before coming to Japan or not doing hostels, there are there are a lot of meetup events in Tokyo. Like often, if you go to like a hub on a weekday, there's just like fifty random people there, uh, just sitting there drinking and chatting. It's a mixture of like foreign folks, Japanese folks, and you sort of listen in and you kind of hear the word meetup event and you kind of go, Oh yeah. Like if you look on Facebook, there's tons of meetup events in the Tokyo area, just at pubs. And, um, they look like fun. They look pretty fun. So, I mean, that would be what I would do. Just go to a meetup event, um, just type in like Tokyo meetups or Osaka meetups. And you'll be surprised what comes up. And, um, Mm. there's always Tinder. But meetups probably better in hindsight. <laughs> I don't know of any apps there. Yeah, and or just do what Pete does and just go into the Rockaholic Bar in Shibuya and see where the night takes. <laughs> Get drunk, <you>. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Abroad in Japan podcast at Gmail dot com buy my book anti-regret the new book in stores coming soon but for now guys no matter how you're doing or where you are out there in the big wide world we'll be back to it all over again uh on what day is it Pete? wednesday wednesday we'll be back on sunday do it over again and keep an eye out for the 12 reasons not to move to japan video coming out on the abroad japan channel this week but for now guys as always look forward to seeing you later on the week but for now have a good one bye bye
Japan is a Stack Production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 